Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callentine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. We just wrapped up a four-week series on our irreducible minimums, worship community, mission, and leadership development. Those are the four key elements that make a simple church a church. Today, we are jumping into our discipleship roadmap where we talk about how our community uh, makes disciples. So right here at the Simple Church Collective, how we make disciples, we like to call it a discipleship roadmap. It's a continuum of disciple-making in the podcast description, there will be a link that you can click on that you can see a graphic and see a physical representation of this as we go through. It could be helpful for you to look at now or after the episode. So as we jump in here, we start with prayer and fasting. Luis, why do we start with prayer and fasting, the spiritual discipline of fasting? Yeah, we really feel like... Um... Unless the Lord builds a house, right? Unless the Lord builds this entire thing, then all of our work really is in vain. We look at Psalm 127.1, uh, where the psalmist writes that. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the labor, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand, watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up, toiling for full food to eat, because the Lord uh, grants sleep to those he loves. So basically... The Lord has to be the one that does this from beginning to end. And so we want to honor the Lord and not just ask the Lord to bless our efforts, but actually join the Lord in what he's already doing. If you listen to the couple of episodes that we shot before this, uh, we talk about praying the type of prayers that lead to to mission and asking the Lord, God, where are you at work? How can I join you? Right. And how can I be faithful among the people that you're calling me to be faithful in? So we start with prayer and fasting. We ask the Lord that questions like, hey, God, what are you up to? Right. And then how can I join you in that place? We pray and, and we fast because it's a spiritual discipline that we see that Jesus tells the disciples to practice. Like some things only move, right? The spirit in the spirit realm as a result of our faithfulness of saying God stuff is more important, even than good stuff, right? Now, I always like to explain it that way. It's not like, hey, we're trying to twist God's arm through fasting, but we're saying, hey, God, we're willing to say no to some good things for better things or yeah. for God things. And so that's the place where we like to start. And we say, God, show us where to work so that our work is maximized and so that we can focus, kind of like what Jesus was talking about when he said, I don't do what I want to do. I do what I see the Father doing. So we want to do the same. We don't want to waste our efforts. We want to focus where Jesus is already at work and join him in that place. So that's where we start. And I would also add to that, if we look in the Gospels, Matthew 4, before Jesus starts his three years of ministry, he goes and prays and fasts in the wilderness for 40 days. Yeah. It's significant. Before he begins, he takes time to pray and fast. And then uh, Acts 13, before, before Paul and Barnabas are sent out by the church of Antioch, they are prayer and fasting, and that rhythm is built in. So we see this throughout Scripture, and that's right. why we believe as a whole, and this is a macro view of our discipleship, we need to begin with prayer and fasting. So those who are faithful to Jesus already, before we even go to our neighbors, before we start trying to share the gospel with other people, we need to pray and fast, and we do this regularly. Yeah, and it's rooted in Jesus's work, not in human effort. Yeah. I think that that's important for us to say. It's like, hey, the work that we're trying to do, 
the disciples that we're trying to make, the churches that we hope come out of our work, right, uh, is not human-centered, but it's actually spirit-centered and, and rooted in, in saying yes to the spirit. So from prayer and fasting, we move into serving our neighbors or building community. In season one, we recorded an episode on the bless rhythms. To recap, that's begin in prayer, listen, eat, serve, and share a story, which is your story and the gospel story. So in this, after we do prayer and fasting, after this is a rhythm and the Lord has revealed to, to whom we are called, then we get to serve our neighbors. We get to step into intentional relationships with them. We get to use and walk through the blessed rhythms. The blessed rhythms begin with prayer. Well, we already we covered that. That's what we're starting with. We listen to our neighbors. We eat meals with our neighbors. We go out. We bring them in, whatever it may be, to, to share a meal with them. We serve them in tangible ways, however that may look, whether it's picking up their groceries for them, delivering mail. I know with some of my neighbors, I see mail left outside or Amazon packages, and I just bring it into them, set up in front of their door if they're not home, just as a courtesy thing. And then stories, sharing our story, sharing the gospel with them once we have that relational equity. And so from prayer and fasting, we, go, we commit to our neighbors. We want to invest into our neighbors. And after that, we share the gospel story with them, and it kind of transitions us into this phase of discovery and awareness of Jesus. Yeah, and start sharing that with them more intentionally. But I think it's important to say, like, hey, you never stop praying and fasting, yeah. right? And you never stop looking for. So this isn't like a, a linear yeah. thing that you get to stage one and you go to stage two and you never yeah, like, revisit hey, stage you, one. We no. did that prayer and fasting thing, and so we stopped prayer and fasting. So, like here at the collective, we have some rhythms, right? Yeah. One of the, one of our rhythms is we do a monthly prayer and fast, and we're kicking that up uh, and, and increasing that as well. One of the things that we also did, going back just a little bit to the prayer thing, is we prayed for the entire city that we live in right now, just north of Seattle. We live in the city of Marysville. Um, and uh, right when we started this entire thing off, we partnered with a local church, and we prayed for all 70,000 people that live, work, worship, and play right here in the city of Marysville. We broke it down into 27 sections, and we gave it out uh, throughout uh, this church that we were partnering with at the time, and we're still partnering with them. And um, they, uh, we were able, it took us like three, four months, but at the end of three or four months, every single street had been prayed for. Yeah. Every single person that lived on that street, every single person that worked at the factories, every single person that worked at the stores, you know, and so we started with prayer and fasting. That was like a, a more kind of monumental effort. Uh, but prayer and fasting is built into the DNA of the people who are looking to be a part of the collective and who are already a part of the collective. And yeah. then practicing those blessed rhythms, we don't stop. We don't ever stop, even as we move on to yeah. the next We step. don't stop praying for people or stop sharing meals with people yep. or stop serving. Yeah. It's a continuous yep. thing. It's a part of who we are. Yeah. Yeah, and a part of what we do. And then at some point, right, we we look for an opening because um, we're always moving people and we hope to move people towards a, a relationship with Jesus, even as we're moving closer to our relationship with Jesus, we're moving people to places and creating environments where they can practice some self-discovery, right? Um, where we, even as we're growing in our own self-discovery. And so we, in the past, what we've done is connected people to an alpha course. And, and Scott, you've been pretty instrumental in helping us to run those. We've run like three or four of those. Um, and so 
tell, tell us a little bit about that experience, what that was like, and, and who that's kind of built for. Yeah, so if you are unaware as a listener, Alpha is, I'd classify it as an evangelistic tool. Um, started in the UK, and it's a global thing, crosses all de- denominational lines and barriers. Great resource. Typically, at least pre-COVID, it was gathering a home or a building or a space with your group of 8 to 12 people, share a meal together, watch a 25-ish minute teaching, and then discuss it. And it's basically about answering life's biggest questions, walking people towards the Christian faith and why it's legitimate, who Jesus really is historically and spiritually. So it answers a lot of the major questions that people have issues with or have doubts with or are skeptical of. So Alpha is a great resource to help people build community and start their process, start the relationship with Jesus. They might come to faith in Alpha or they may not. They may have a lot of things answered and they're then beginning to question, okay, is this something I want to commit to? But Alpha is a very good starting point. And so Mm. not every simple church will necessarily run an Alpha course but it is a resource that we have and that we want to continue to use here in the Simple Church Club. Thanks, man. So so one of the things I think to keep in mind is like there's like structured environments and then more like organic environments. There's like, so we ta- try to talk about like organic and more like organized environments. So they're more like organic ways, like Scott mentioned before, to serve your neighbors, help them with their mail or kind of you know, mow their lawn. We've talked about that before or look out for each other in tangible ways, make some cookies, more organic kind of ways. And then here we are like beginning to move towards a more like organized. So it's not like one or the other, it's both, right? Mm -hmm. Because we talk about discipleship being caught um, more so than it is taught, but also at the same time, Jesus did tell us to teach folks. Now, Alpha is not a place where we actually do a lot of teaching. We actually discern together and kind of hear, but there are other places where we're talking about you know, um, being more intentional about sharing the gospel truths. Another one of the things that we like to do um, is in that season, right, of a, of a community's life or, or a disciple's life is uh, doing discovery Bible studies. And we've done an entire episode on discovery yeah. Bible we, studies. We will continue yep. to talk about and, TBSs. That's more of the organic there's a little bit of structure, but it's also very relational. It's yep. not programmatic. Yep. It's a plug and play of the scripture, and let's talk about it. Yep. And and it and for example, I'm a part of a discovery Bible study that meets on Wednesday. So part of that is organized. We do meet on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. That is a, a, a structured time. Yeah. Yep. And we've said, hey, we're gonna live with one another, and it's not yet a simple church because. We're still discovering exactly what our mission is, but we're moving in that direction. And so that Discovery Bible study is is working to find out who Jesus is and moving in the direction as we still even begin to build community. We also talk about gospel fluency and making sure that we know the gospel, can speak the gospel. It becomes like second nature to us Mm -hmm. and then are able to share that with others. And then in this season, too, um, there's some some tools by one of our favorite you know authors out there, Pete Scazzaro, and and we've talked even about Rich Philotus, and he was on the show last season. You know, emotional health, and 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 they're not the only people that um that talk about this stuff more and more, but they're one of the people that have been doing that for for a long time. Shout out to our district superintendent Monty Wright, yep, Monty, <laughs> other folks, you know, and we and we really want to be a people that are emotionally healthy and kind of pass that yeah. DNA 
on to the disciples that we make. And so when we talk about that is knowing like, you know, going backwards in order to go forwards, um, being able to identify like our triggers, being able to know about our family of origin and like how that shapes how we respond to things every day, you know, and being able to even name even, you know, uh, our emotions and things of that sort. And so when we move people and help to move people along the continuum of maturity, again, we start with prayer and fasting, then we begin to practice the blessed rhythms, right? Uh, then move to more like, you know, structured environments and, and, and inviting people into those. And even though, you know, DBS and Alpha is kind of like, uh, uh, you don't need a lot of prep work, you know, but people are still there and still kind of very friendly. Big, We're big on fr uh, friendship evangelism. And then we begin um, to move towards, uh, you know, believers being strengthened in community. So tell us a little bit about that stage of the process. So once we've gone through discovering about Jesus, learning of Jesus, and then people making a commitment to Jesus, they come into this believer relationship with Jesus, and there's this strengthening, encouragement, edification that happens in this community of believers. I want to reemphasize that this is not a linear thing that stages that have to happen in this specific way or this time you know it doesn't take 30 days to pray and fast and then 30 days with their neighbors and then 30 days and that's not how it works there is no time limit on how long these things may take so someone may come to faith in three months someone else may come to faith in three years and we're still walking in this discipleship roadmap we can identify maybe where they're at but also not everyone has to fully understand and can identify where they're at you know what i mean so once we get to this place of faith, coming and knowing Jesus, and we look at Ephesians 4, the church coming together in unity, you got the apes giftings, like at 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, it talks about spiritual giftings, talks about uh, different parts of the body coming together to being the body. You know, if you don't have your left hand, you only have your right hand, there's problems, you don't have your eyes, you only have hands, like... This whole representation of the body coming together, being strengthened, growing together, deepening. So at this point, you've come to faith, and you're going to join us in prayer and fasting. Yep. You're going to join us in the blessed rhythm, blessed rhythms of serving your neighbor. You're going to maybe help lead a discovery Bible yep. study. You're going to continue to grow in your emotional health uh, and, and becoming more spiritually aware. And you're going to adapt and grow in some spiritual formation concepts. You're going to start doing the Sabbath. You're going to start uh, serving other people, etc. Yeah. Um, this is where really the church emerges. And then we get to the awesome stage of multiplication. So up until this point, things might look a little different. There's flexibility in how it's going to look. But the end point, the end goal is definitive. And we, you know, and as people are growing in their relationship with Jesus, they're growing of their awareness. You know, we talked a little bit about this, and we're going to keep talking about this as the season goes on. Growing in their awareness of their calling, of their gifts, of their people and their place. And at some point, they identify that as they're in this community, like of believers, and they're being strengthened and rooted. Like, who are we called to? 
who's in the room? Like, who are the apostles in the room? Who are the prophets in the room? Who's the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers? And then how can we together reach the people that God is calling us to reach? I love that. Um, we were talking with Jeff Vanderstelt the other day, and he was helping us to, to, to map some of this stuff out and saying like, hey, each community needs to have um, a, a season of discernment, like who they're called to reach yeah. and who their mission's going to be. If they don't have that, a lot of times communities end up not having that, just getting together for Bible study. And then to it just wouldn't meet our definition of what a simple church yeah. is, right? Or what church is in general, right? And so, and so before multiplication can happen, folks need to identify who they're called to, what their place is, and what their giftings are. Which should happen in that prayer and fasting uh, stage or that uh, beginning of that prayer and fasting rhythm. Part of that is to discern, to ask, is this where you're at work? Yep. How am I enjoying? And who have you called me to? And, and it starts there and it continues, right? Yeah. But it kind of goes to the next level when you're saying, okay, now that a group of us have started and wanted to serve this already, because at the beginning of this prayer and fasting, there's already a group. But now that group will multiply into something else, right? And hopefully you're reaching it. New, new simple church. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, there, so there's a, a, a new simple church that will emerge out of that. And who is that new simple church going to reach? Maybe it's going to reach people similar to the people that they're already reaching, but maybe God has called someone in that group or certain people in that group to multiply and to go reach a different type of demographic that the rest of the group may not even be, uh, 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 be geared towards. And so as the group um, uh, moves towards multiplication, they've identified who they're called to. They've identified um, what their giftings are. And then we get to see this beautiful thing of simple churches beginning to emerge um, where people know who, who they are in Christ. They've grown in emotional health awareness. They know the gospel, right? And in them are... Uh, is the DNA of of the blessed rhythms. And so I can't wait to see this pop up all over the greater Seattle area beyond. And so we're super excited about this. We've run through some of this already as as the groups, but I can't wait to see this more and more, right, um, begin to happen uh, here in the area. So we're so grateful for you and for um, you guys listening. Scott, um, anything else you want to share? So just to recap for us, start with prayer and fasting, serving our neighbors, the blessed rhythms, praying, listening, eating, serving, sharing our story. These prayer and fasting and blessed rhythms continue to exist. We enter a stage of discovery, going deeper, having an awareness of Jesus, being fluent in the gospel, and learning of our emotional health and the importance of our of being emotionally healthy. And all of these things merge together. They continue to happen. Someone becomes a follower of Jesus. They cross the threshold of faith. That community develops and strengthens itself coming together, living out these rhythms, finding its missional purpose, and then committing to that missional purpose and becoming a simple church. And then they start the whole process all over again. And so a process of multiplication is naturally ingrained here at the Simple Church Club. That's our discipleship roadmap. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you guys for listening.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.